My Car Guru, episode 168. Okay, folks, this is Lenny Lawson, uh, the car guru. I am a little bit tore up right now. That's what they say around here. All tore up. I got my final notice. Yeah, I just opened the mail just a few minutes ago. It's one of those window envelopes, so you could see. Uh, basically, it was from Vehicle Services Division, private and confidential. And then I opened it up. It says 2022 final notice. You know what it is? It's a warranty solicitation. But, you know, if you weren't in the car business and didn't know what I know, you might fall for this. It's regarding the 2022 Nissan Frontier that I bought for my wife. It has my uh, address, Leonard Lawson, and my address. I'm not going to put that out there. Um, but the response to this notice is requested. And it gives me a phone number to call. And their record, uh, sorry, their records indicate that I have not contacted them regarding the vehicle service contract on my vehicle. I am receiving this notice because your factory warranty has expired or may be about to expire. By neglecting to activate your coverage, you will be at risk of being financially liable for any and all repairs after your warranty expires. Um, however, you still may have time left to activate coverage on your vehicle before it's too late. How about this language here, folks? Is this not crazy? The vehicle is brand new. I just bought it. It's got, I think it's got 165 miles on it. And I've already received this in the mail. Also, got a nice little postcard from these people. I think it may be from the same. Probably not, though. Um, it says, Para servicio español, por favor llamar. I'm not sure what that means. I probably didn't pronounce it right. Uh, I'm, I'm still delving into my ninth grade Spanish. So anyway... Uh, here's a postcard that says high risk potential pre-existing conditions with mechanical or electrical issues on vehicle. Again, this is my 2022 Nissan Frontier. Um, not really. I don't know if I could call that a nice postcard. There's no pictures, nothing on it, but it is warning me and I need to buy an extended warranty. Don't I? Or do I? Well, let's think about that for a minute. My vehicle is brand new. Uh, it has the manufacturer's warranty on it. Three years, 36,000 miles with bumper-to-bumper, -bumper, well, with a uh, powertrain protection up to, I can't remember, five years, 75,000. I'm pretty well covered. Um, I don't necessarily have to have a vehicle service contract. Again, make sure that you uh, understand my terminology here. A vehicle service contract is what the dealership sells to you or, you know, a company like this, selling to you an agreement to cover certain repairs uh, that may be required on your vehicle. Now, what happens while the vehicle is under the manufacturer's warranty? Do you need a service contract? Not really. Uh, you really don't need it for anything until the warranty expires, and then you are able to take advantage of the coverage that goes up to whatever the term and uh, the mileage and, and the, the term is. So let's say that you have... Uh, you're at the dealership today, you're buying a new Nissan vehicle or Honda or whatever, and uh, it has a manufacturer's factory warranty. Make sure you understand what that warranty is and what it covers. Don't let them start talking about additional coverage until you know what 
coverage you get when you buy the vehicle. Okay, that's the best coverage you'll ever get is what comes on the uh, comes with the vehicle. So then you are escorted into the finance office where you are presented with the opportunity to buy additional coverage. It is not a warranty that you're buying. Only only the manufacturer of a product can offer a warranty by definition. So it's a service contract. It's a an agreement basically that if you know, due to uh, defects in material and workmanship, not because of anything you neglected to do, but pretty much anything else, uh, if the motor blows up, then they'll cover it as long as it's under the time and mileage specified. Uh, so you can buy that. And what does that do for you as a consumer? Well, it gives you peace of mind that, you know, I don't have to worry about any major repairs uh, between now and when the warranty expires or the service contract expires. See? I keep calling it a warranty myself, um, which is good peace of mind. Uh, one of the things I always ask somebody is, okay, if you were to have, let's say you have a vehicle with a hundred and let's say a hundred thousand miles on it, and the transmission goes out, and it's going to cost you thirty five hundred dollars to fix it. Could you afford that? Could you afford taking thirty five hundred dollars out of your budget and repair that? In the likelihood or the, the unlikelihood that that actually happened. If the answer is yes, then you don't need to buy a service contract. If the answer is no, that would be devastating to me. I can barely make my monthly payments. Then maybe you should buy a service contract. Because that service contract will protect you uh, for the time and mileage that it specifies. But make sure that you know that it's covered. The only kind of warranty that a person or a service contract, there I go again, the only kind of service contract that you should buy is one that is uh, what we call exclusionary coverage. And what that means is that it tells you everything that is excluded from coverage. If, if I were to show you a warranty and had all of these parts in the engine and transmission and the whole body of the vehicle, and I would, to give you the whole list of things that were covered, would you be able to figure out what's not covered? Do you know cars good enough to be able to do that? Probably not. I don't know that I would either. So what you need to look at a type of warranty that has exclusionary coverage, which it states what is not covered specifically. So it may say, well, the bumpers aren't covered. It may say that, you know, the door handles and trim and, and, uh, you know, glass and those types of things aren't covered, which wouldn't be covered under any uh, service contract or warranty for that matter, you know, unless it happened within the main warranty period. A door handle would be covered by the manufacturer's warranty. Um, so it's important to know these uh, exclusions, um, not just a list of things that, that are covered because it's really easy to miss something. Let's say that you buy this coverage that you think is complete. And um, if the, the salesperson or the finance manager says, yeah, this pretty much covers everything on the car, then your air conditioning goes out after the manufacturer's warranty expires and you take it into the service department and uh, give it to the service, service advisor and you tell him, well, my air conditioning's not working. Well, do you have a service contract on it? Well, yes, I do. And he looks it up. Well, ma'am, I hate to tell you this, but you're... Your service contract does not cover the air conditioning. You're going to be a happy camper? Nope. You know, the thing is, did you read 
the contract when you sign the paperwork? Probably not. Most people don't. They just sign stuff. Don't be just a signer, an autographer. Read the stuff that you're signing. At least when you get home, you know, you're all excited and everything. You want to go on a test drive. And I get it. You know, you want to drive and show it to your neighbors and your cousins and all that stuff. But when you get done with that, settle down and look at that paperwork and go through it. Make sure you understand what your coverage is. And keep that paperwork in your glove box after you understand it. Now, if you don't understand it, uh, call your call the dealer and uh, say, I need you to explain this to me. This coverage is not what I thought it was. Uh, will they make it right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if you handle this, like, okay, let's say you buy the car on Wednesday and you read your paperwork on Thursday and you call them on Friday and say, listen, this coverage is not what I thought it was. A good dealer will make it right. They will have you come back in, review the coverage, and change it. You know, maybe it costs a little bit more to have complete coverage. Maybe not. Um, you know, if they didn't do a good job explaining it or they mis- misled you in some way, of course, you can always play hardball, which I don't really recommend. I recommend that you go in there and be nice and ask to speak to the general manager. You are wasting your time if you go in and talk to the salesperson because he has washed his hands of you already. He's already spending his commission money. Now, all of them aren't that way, but some of them are. Uh, If you go to the finance manager, maybe he will do something. Um, But more than likely, that contract, all the paperwork you signed, has already been processed through the office. All the warranty forms, extended service contract forms, everything has been uh, submitted to the factory and submitted to the extended service contract company. And so it's in place. Yeah, that happens pretty quickly in lots of stores. But in some stores, it may be a week before all that's processed and If you jump on it quick enough, then you might be able to get the problem handled. But here's what happens. Most people don't read the paperwork. They cram it in a folder and it goes in some file in their house or they stick it in their glove box and never look at it again until they have a problem. And then they pull it out and look at it and say, I thought this was covered. But it's not. And so then you go into the dealership and say, yeah, I, I bought this and I thought this was covered. And they could say, well, did you read the contract? No, didn't think I should have to. I trusted you guys. Uh, trust but verify. Um, handle the situation promptly. Don't wait. Best advice that I could give any car buyer is to not wait. You know, and this applies if you're unhappy with your vehicle as well. Uh, you know, there's this old idea that, If you buy a vehicle, uh, you have three days to back out. I'll tell you whether that's true or not right after this break. Okay, so you have gone in and spent a bunch of money, either paid cash for something or you financed it, on a new car. And uh, all of a sudden, two or three days later, two days later, you say, hmm, I don't really like this thing. We shouldn't have bought this, honey. Let's take it back. We got three days right of rescission. At least that's what I thought. You go into to the dealership and say, hey, we decided we don't want this car. Uh, does the dealership have to take it back? Absolutely not. Under most state laws, uh, there is no right of rescission if you go into the dealership and buy a vehicle. However, there is a caveat. If, you, if the whole transaction happened at your house, 
and they brought the paperwork to you and brought the car to you and, and they did the deal on your dinner table, then, yeah, you have three days to back out of that deal just like you do on a home mortgage. Now, that again, that's definitely true in this region, all the states in the southeast and stuff. Maybe it may not be true in Ohio or New York or someplace like that, but you need to know. But I'll tell you one thing. I mean, should you really change your mind that quickly? I mean, shame on you to a certain extent. If you go in there and you buy a car and you spend all day with a salesperson and you uh, test drive 15 different vehicles and you end up buying it and you leave at 9 o'clock that night and keep all them there late, and then, uh, you know, two days later you say, you know, we really don't like it. We didn't need an SUV. We should have bought a car, just a regular old car. And then you go in and try to unwind that deal. It just doesn't happen, folks. It's not going to happen. It's not their responsibility. You need to put your big boy pants on or big girl pants on and, uh, and not expect a miracle on something like that. Now, I, there are some dealerships that are doing a, uh, a you know, a, if you don't like it, bring it back within a certain amount of time. I know there's some online retailers that do that, promise that, Carvana, and maybe Tesla does too. I don't know. Um, I've heard that those really don't work that well. People who have tried to exchange a vehicle, you know, they think they can get their money back, but it says, no, you didn't read the fine print. Uh, we're just going to swap you into something else. you got to find something else out here that you like and maybe will not want to bring back after two or three days. So, uh, you know, make sure that you have your head on straight when you go in to buy a car and your motivation's right. You've analyzed your needs and wants and buy the right vehicle for you. You know, don't go in to buy a truck and leave in a Mustang because you'll probably regret that. Uh, if you are, you know, unsure about what you want in any way, then just get your pricing and go home and think about it. Don't buy it until you're ready. Don't get all caught up in the hype. I know the balloons are pretty and, you know, they got that big gorilla out front that's advertising the big sale. And they got police tape up, up all over the place and high-pressure salespeople. You know, I've heard a lot of customers that came, well, they came in, they listened to this radio show, and they call me, and they said, well, they made me buy the car. They wouldn't let me leave. Really? Were you chained to the desk? You know, were you so vulnerable that you couldn't uh, make your own decision to get up and walk out? Come on. Give me a break. Um Nobody's going to make you do anything that you don't want to do. Maybe if you live in China or Russia. But as far as I know, uh, they can't make you buy anything. Now, they can put the world of pressure on you. You know, if you feel that pressure coming, what should you do? Well, you can always leave. You know, you, can, you don't have to even say bye. You can actually just get up and leave. Now, the other alternative would be to say, listen, buddy, um, I've had enough of your pressure I'm not ready to buy. I'd like to speak to your manager. What do you want to talk to him about? Well, I just would like to, to give him a little taste of what he has put us through while we've been here. You know, it might end up getting you a better deal. But it's just like at a restaurant. Most people, when they get bad service, they don't complain. They just don't come back. I mean, when you get bad service at a restaurant, uh, are you reluctant to complain? You know, somebody once told me, well, I'm afraid they'll do something to my food. Well, 
you know, that may be true, but, but at a car dealership, you don't have to worry about that. You just have to make sure that you don't get taken advantage of. And now, you know, I don't mean to cast a pall over the car buying experience. Most of you who are listening to this have had probably a bad experience at a car dealership or at any business for that matter. Um, you don't have to put up with it, but it is really easy to be deceived when it involves a big financial transaction. And typically where that where it falls apart, you know, from a negotiating standpoint, if you know what the, you know, basically what you should pay for a, a new vehicle, you know, MSRP or less, if you are, you know, basically what your trade-in's worth, then that side of the transaction is pretty easy. Sale price, trade-in, subtract the two and you got a trading difference. Is that a reasonable number? Can you live with that? And then if you take that number and, you know, put it into a calculator and figure out what the monthly payments are, can you afford that number? Don't forget to add sales tax. Have you called your insurance company to find out what your insurance is going to cost? Do you know what the gas mileage is going to be on this vehicle? So that you can get a total, you know, operating cost. What's it going to cost to own this car? Now, all of that's pretty straightforward. For some people, maybe not. But then you go into the finance office. Now, that's where you need to just keep your guard up, okay? Don't let it down. It's not over yet because you're going to be presented with a lot of information about things like gap insurance, um, a service contract, prepaid maintenance, all of these wheel and tire and paint protection things. Some of those, many of them have great value, but not if they cost too much, not if you pay too much for it. Should you pay, you know, four or $5,000 for a service contract? Heck no. You know, maybe, you know, 1500 to 2500 depending on the term. But don't let somebody charge you $5,000 for a $2,500 warranty. That's where you're not paying attention. And what they do is they end up just adding it into your monthly payment. And you look at your wife and say, can we afford an extra 30 bucks a month? And uh, you say, sure, we can do that. Well, just multiply that times 72 months or 84 months, and you'll see how much you're paying for that service contract. Is that really a good price? Probably not. So when people say no to a service contract, then... That's what they. That's when they get these notices in the mail. So, you know, I didn't buy a service contract from myself. You know, I am a new car dealer, Nissan dealer. But, I, you know, I like to buy a vehicle for my wife to use around the house. So I bought her a Nissan Frontier. I did not buy a service contract because I'm going to be trading this probably every year. So, and it's going to be covered by the manufacturer's warranty. And I get a bunch of free oil changes as a Nissan customer at Gateway Nissan. And so uh, I get all these notices and it's very threatening. Uh, I'm sensitive. You know, I, maybe I did something wrong. See, that's what they try to make you think. But you didn't do anything wrong. Just don't buy anything that comes through the mail. Okay? When you see that final notice, just go get your matchbook and start a fire with it. Because that's all it's good for. Okay, I'll take my last break. I'll be back here in just a minute. They used to call them F&I offices. That's still what we call them, really. Finance and insurance. We don't sell much insurance there anymore. Back in the old days, um, I'm talking 25 years ago and before, back in the 70s, especially 70s, 80s, we used to sell a lot of something called credit life and accident and health insurance. 
And, uh, you know, it was insurance that you could buy without a health check. So we had a lot of older people buying this uh, just in case they kicked the bucket and still owed money on the vehicle. Then uh, basically the insurance would pay the vehicle off. That sounds pretty good. And then if they got sick and couldn't work, and after they're out for 30 days, I think it was called, it was basically a 30-day or 14-day retroactive type of insurance. You had to be out for 30 days out of work before it would start making you monthly payments. But I've seen vehicles actually get paid off over time because somebody became disabled. So if they hadn't had that coverage, they wouldn't have been able to... uh, uh, keep the car. It would have probably been repossessed. Now, is that good good stuff? Well, it is, but a lot of people that bought Credit Life and Accent Health didn't need it. And another thing, uh, now this didn't happen at my store, but it happened at a lot of places. They didn't know they were buying it. It was just thrown into that payment. Folks, that's called payment packing. It still goes on today. So you will know that has happened when you have bought a car out in the showroom and they have closed you on a monthly payment. Let's say it's four fifty a month, and you say, "Yeah, I'll agree. I'll buy it for four fifty a month." You have no clue what you're paying for the car. You're just buying it, buying it based on a monthly payment. Bad idea. So then you go into the finance office, and this is when you know you're getting ripped off. The finance manager says something like this: "Well, congratulations, folks, on the purchase of your new vehicle. I just want to let you know that included in that four fifty month payment is a service contract that will protect your vehicle for up to six years or 100,000 miles. It also includes insurance that if you uh, wreck your vehicle or it's stolen, that that vehicle will be, or your balance will be paid off. Isn't that cool? And also, it includes three years of prepaid maintenance. Isn't that great? And that's all included in that payment. Well, folks, that's called payment packing, and it is illegal. Now, some people will say, well, I don't want any of that. What would my payment be without any of that? But you know what? Most people don't say that. They just say, well, as long as it's four fifty a month, I'm cool with it. And the dealership, instead of making $2,000 on the uh, transaction, made $10,000 on the transaction. Because you don't know what you paid for anything. You just got what you thought was a deal. They are having a sale anyway, right? Um, it's all perception. And then what happens is a couple days later, you read your paperwork and you realize just what you paid for that car. This is what gives car dealers a bad name. And the ones who do it deserve a bad name. But very often they go unpunished because it takes the federal government to get involved in in things like uh, payment packing. State government doesn't. Um, You know, you can sue somebody civilly, for doing this kind of stuff to you, but you have to prove fraud. It's kind of hard to prove fraud when you signed all the paperwork. Um, you know, the lawyer's going to say, well, did you read it? And you say, well, no, I didn't think I had to. Well, you know, you should have. So just watch out for these kind of things. You know, that's what this radio show is all about, is helping people make good decisions and to prevent you from being taken advantage of by a bandit. So, thanks for listening to this edition of My Car Guru, and I will see you next time.